Good afternoon. Thank you very much for the invitation to this very interesting conference. And I hope my voice will stay for the next half an hour because of this air condition here. Um, we are still staying in the prehistory, so you all need some patience before we are going in the later papers up to the more recent periods from my point of view. But we are still in northern Jordan, but in the east of northern Jordan. Uh, as you can see here, the presentation is based on a couple of research projects which have been carried out in the last uh, five years. And I want to talk about the northeastern Badia, which is this, oops, sorry, this panhandle in Jordan with the border to Syria, border to Iraq, and to Saudi Arabia. And this arid region consists out of a basalt desert, the Hara, and the easterly adjacent limestone desert, the Al Hamad. And Java is probably, most of you will know the site. Java is a well-known early Bronze Age site um, sitting on the western uh, fringe of the Al Hara. Uh, just a few pictures to show you the landscape. It's uh, um, the basalt landscape of the Al Hara. It's not easy to pass through with all these boulders lying on the surface, so most cases you have wadis or mud pans you can use for crossing the Alhara and then in the uh, eastern part, the Alhamad, this is a quite boring landscape actually, rolling hills in the south with uh, aeolian sedimentations coming from the Arabian Peninsula as clearly limestone and flint desert. Uh, very important for the work I'm doing there and for explaining uh, the colonization of this region in the next minutes is the precipitation of this area, well, it's a modern precipitation, and we see here, oops, Java sitting on the 100 millimeter line, more or less, and two sites I will refer on later, Tadula Hussein and Hibbert Abul Hussein, in the east, they are in really dry conditions, roundly between 50 and 80 millimeters. Um, the first project um, I've carried out there from 2010 until 2014, was focusing on the region, especially on looking for evidences for uh, human activities in the fifth, fourth, and to the early third millennium, which is the late Chalcolithic, early Bronze Age. And I was looking for the possible socio-economic fundaments for a possible colonization of the Badia. And what we have found were evidences for flint mining and cortical tool production. I will show it in a few minutes with a few slides evidence for pastoralism, agriculture, water management, trade, and exchange. So these are just a few slides for the large flint mines we have discovered in the east of the region in the Wadi Ruwaysid area. It's, uh, there are just two flint mining regions known in entire Southwest Asia where they have produced these cortical scrapers, a fossil directeur, a very common tool for the late Calco early Bronze Age which you can find from Anatolia down to Egypt and from the Levantine coast to northern Mesopotamia. And these two regions, uh, they have produced millions of these items. The Jaffa area was uh, investigated by uh, Leslie Quintero and Phil Wilkie, and we're working in the north, and here you have some of these cores, which are lying still in the large trench mines or pit mines sometimes. Here are some aerial photos of these mines um, where they have produced, as I said, millions of these tools. And Presumably, they were traded 
to different directions. We're still working on the possible goals where they went to, um, but because we just found the cores and no, no uh, scrapers anymore, it was clear that they were produced there for export. Um, pastoralism, quite good evidence is for that as well. We have made a long transect survey through the Basalt Desert and all the black dots here are campsites. Uh, dating according to the surface finds in the late prehistory, which says late Neolithic, but especially uh, uh, late Calco EB. Um, petroglyphs showing cattle in the area are showing that most probably also cattle have been um, uh, used there, having brought through the region at least for a part time of the year, beside of sheep and goats. And these are two evidences for uh, early Bronze Age campsites, pastoral campsites. <coughs> more interesting not more interesting, but another, another direction is agriculture and water management. I will refer to agriculture in a few minutes when I present the different settlements, but the well-known uh, dam of Java, uh, excavated by St. Helms, you probably know it, but it has to be um, uh, shown here again because meanwhile we have the first C14 dates of this dam, relying on old samples from the old excavations, and this dam dates into uh, roughly between 3,500 and 3,600, or 3,500 BC calibrated. Um, we have evidences for uh, small well structures in wadis uh, close to the site of Hilbert Abal Hussein, I will show in a minute. We have long channels, uh, especially of the um, uh, irrigated terrace gardens um, close to Java, I will show also in a minute, and then very strange structures in Tulula Hussein which I um, theoretically or more hypothetically would interpret as being possible wells, but we are still working on it. So uh, still speaking about the basis of the socioeconomic uh, foundations of, of the region is that we have uh, different ranges of socioeconomic activities dating into the well, fourth millennium, which is a low range which uh, fulfilled the local, oh sorry, the local needs of the population like agriculture, water management, etc., and then the medium range and then the largest range which was especially the trade of these uh, cortical tool scrapers from the basalt desert. So we now know something about the socioeconomic background and uh, the interesting thing is now to go to the evidences for settlements. As I said, Java is well known to most of you here in aerial photo and during the, these four years of the first survey um, uh, seasons, uh, we discovered two other sites. Actually, one site, Hussein, was discovered by Bob Yuli and David Kennedy from the uh, helicopter, and thankfully they provided me with the uh, coordinates. So we were there, the f I think, the first archaeologists on this site. And the other site, Hilbert Abu Hussein, I will show in a few seconds, is a site which we discovered being on foot, so the classical uh, archaeological way. Um, Java, just a few slides um, on the side with the famous uh, fortification wall, double-faced fortification wall, the gate structures, and especially the water system with the dam I mentioned a few minutes before. Uh, the dam uh, was uh, provided with water from the immediate vicinity, and then the Wadi Rajal um, on the other side of the side with these very famous pools, which supposedly are a bit younger, not a bit, but much younger, but I will come back to this topic in a minute and then some interesting standing stone structures uh, we have found recently which are not domestic. Um, what we have found in the uh, last uh, project were these terrace gardens. So you have Java on top here. Wait, 
and you see these structures on this Google Earth image, um, and these, these long lines. And it came out that these were terraces, garden terraces, and um, we discovered uh, three terraced areas, this one up here, then the big one, and then the lower one here. Uh, they are far away from the Wadi Rajal, and they were entirely provided with water from the local catchment, so with local rainfall which came down the terraces, on the terraces, and then the water which was um, collected from the adjacent area, and the catchment area is about six square kilometers large. Contrary to that, we have the Wadi, uh, Wadi Rajal catchment area, which goes up to the um, uh, Harun, uh, Haran Mountains, the Jebel Arab, and it's a much larger system, but it just uh, fills the Wadi Rajal itself. It has no, no influence on these terrace garden areas. The Wadi terraces within the Wadi Rajal, we have found also evidence for agriculture there, but according to the surface finds at least, it's much later. It's Roman, Byzantine, and early Islamic, and uh, meanwhile, there are also evidences that the pools around Java are probably of these later periods. Um, there are several uh, hints towards it, and I will show you them in a minute. The interesting thing with the gardens, uh, which are now dated also about 3,500 by OSL, is that um, the water was taken from the adjacent elevations by so-called channels or surface channels. These are just cleared surfaces um, sneaking uh, uh, down slopes the, uh, the, the elevations and then the water ran over uh, these overflows into uh, the gardens, into the fields. And you can see here some steps in these fields. It's not very steep. So um, this is a six kilometer rainwater catchment area and it was most supposedly sufficient to um, do agriculture there. And we have evidences for uh, phytolith, from phytolith analyses for uh, grass phytoliths, poite phytoliths, which refers to uh, cereals. Um, then, referring to the date of these garden structures, uh, there is first a relative date. And if we look on the lichen growth on the deflated terrace walls of the gardens, the stones here, and also the dam, you see the lichen growth on the western and northwestern side of these stones, especially. And if you compare it with the Roman Tower, very close to Java, there's a northwestern corner, there's almost no lichen growth on it. And the same is uh, on the walls of the big pools close to Java and the channels. So this is one relative date. So lichen growth is older, or lichen-covered walls are older than the others. And then, uh, as I showed here, we have uh, these OSL dates from two garden areas, the same depth and sort of the same, same age and now also the data from the dam. Um, this is another image of the terrace gardens from the helicopter. So this is just the characteristics of this area with the um, uh, irrigation channels which were used for, uh, for irrigating the gardens, and then the grass phytoliths I already um, mentioned. Um, the next site, Tulula Hussein, is located here, so east of Java. And it consists out of a um, volcanic crater. It's a, it's a crater here with the terrace gardens in it. Then uh, there is the ridge of the crater. I think it's shown better here. Oh, it's here. Um, where uh, the fortified upper settlement is located. And on the southern slope, we have again some gardens and dwelling structures. What you see here are remains of the fortification walls on the cliff, still about one meter high. Uh, preserved. We have here a fortification wall to the crater, a double-phase fortification, again, very odd standing stone structures, 
And then these uh, dwelling structures, we excavated two of them, and for sake, we had also quite good material for radiocarbon dating there. Uh, so-called double obsidial houses, or sometimes also called gura huts, and when they're not excavated, they look like this. But um, if you look closer, you can see these double-faced architecture, uh, which is very important. Um, I come to the date in a minute. Um, very interesting terrace gardens here, as I've shown in the crater and on the slope. Uh, there is no real catchment area. The catchment area is the ridge. So it's not a big catchment area. So we have to think about how did they get enough water. You see the terrace walls are still uh, high up, almost 80 centimeters high. A lot of um, sedimentation behind them. So my uh, theory is that probably they used also uh, basalt marking and other possibilities to keep the water in these gardens and to do some agriculture. Again, here we have evidence for cereal uh, phytoliths. And we have loads of grinding stones, which were found in the area of the gardens, but also in the houses, like these uh, big grinding slabs. <coughs> uh, the other side, Hilbert Abu Dussein, we have spent the one season there from mapping the site. It's also located on a volcano. However, there's no crater. And what you can see here are some um, gate structures going into these different parts and levels of the site. We have also remains of two tower structures here, the rectangular one and here a more pentagonal one. Um, very thick walls. As you can see, this is a half meter, so this wall was at least 70, 80 centimeter thick, maybe thicker, double face masonry. Um, the surface finds we have just a few uh, referring to a yeah, fourth millennium thing. So I would suggest EBA one but we hope in next spring to do have an excavation there to do some soundings and find some uh, radiocarbon material. So um, I come back to the general chronology in a minute, but the interesting thing is now we have these three known sites here, which we already more or less investigated. And a few months ago, I've made a Google Earth survey with a Bing over using a Bing overlay, and it came out that um, we have possible more Hillfort sites in the region. So these sites I just showed are not on this map, but here you have some more sites which show uh, evidences for fortification uh, on volcanoes, and one of the most famous one is probably Casulosejim, which is very famous for the Roman period, but there are evidences for a early Bronze Age period as well. And then um, other sites with these double obsidial houses, uh, which we can date now because they are dated to 3600 BC, uh, from Tula Hussein, and they're also quite, uh, quite common in the area. So uh, coming to the end, um, we have some preliminary dating. We have uh, about five dates from the old excavations in Java, uh, which we have chosen from um, archaeobotanical material, which was uh, located in Lyon with George Wilcox, and we've chosen just the samples from the oldest occupation layer we could uh, trace um, there, so um, you see here, it's, uh, which I was the top one, uh, it's mostly uh, around 3,500. There is uh, one evidence for a bit younger occupation. Definitely they have also some younger um, uh, dates there, but we hope to have some money in the future to, um, to uh, analyze the other samples. But at least Java starting in this period. And Tulu was saying the site with these double obsidial houses I've just shown uh, is also well dated with two different houses, the same date, uh, the charcoal dates here. 
So it's between 3,600 and 3,500. So we are really in the beginning of the early Bronze Age, one in the area. And um, I think with these evidences, especially with these double-absidial houses and the structures I've just shown you on the Google Earth image, um, there's, there's a good, let's say, a hint towards a very intense um, occupation phase, a, civiliza a, a, a colonization phase of the, of the region in this, in this part of the year. Um, at the end, I have to thank many, many people and institutions. Hang on. And uh, some of them are among here. Uh, and um, yes, and this is for further reading. You can also write an email. I can send you an off-print or something like that if you're interested. Thank you very much. Questions. How far to the east from Al Jamal this position Jawa is? From Jamal? From Umm Al Jamal. Um, I assume it's to the east. It's very uh, much more east, yeah, yeah. Because there's another Jawa here near Amman. You know the customs. Yeah, there's, there's Iron Age Jawa here, but there's another Jawa. There. But this is another Jawa. No, no, because no. I read it in the Wikipedia that this dam is the oldest ever known dam in the world, actually. Yeah, it seems now to be the oldest one, really. I, I used to thought that the Ma'rib of Dam in Yemen was the oldest, but it seems no, this, no, is, this is thousands of years older than the other one is much more sophisticated, actually. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Even in the standards of today, actually, it's, it's very well built. Yeah, I know, it's, it's much older. Thank you very much. Further questions? I was very interested, thank you for the presentation, about uh, the last place, Hirbet al-Hussein, <laughs> especially when you show these kind of towers that uh, my question are, I don't think that they are defensive. I think that they are much more for probably uh, gazing if there is any uh, onagers or whatsoever to be uh, hunted. You mean, you mean these walls up here? No, the, the what you mentioned, the towers that are, oh, at, the, the towers. at the very ridge, are more like uh, for watching than yeah, really... But, yeah, but I think, I mean, yeah, I, uh, the, the good thing with the towers is from both towers you can see everything in the surrounding until even the foot of the elevation. So you have a, a very good strategic view. Uh, the, east, the western tower uh, covers almost this area here, this, and the eastern one almost this area. And I think it's a question of investment. Um, if you want to watch, I mean, you are high enough to watch gazelles or onagas or whatever, so you don't need these towers. And they've built these massive walls and they've built them these towers probably as watching towers. So I more would su suggest a, a fortification for reason. Fortification. And then again, we have this evidence at the other side, like Jawa and Tua uh, Hussein and Kazu Sechem with a famous, very good um, fortification wall. So I would go more in that direction of these things. And we know also from the Java excavations, from the um, animal bone report, there's a little bit of hunted animals, but most of it is. Uh, is Sheep and goat and cattle. Oh. So they were relying so on. They are already. Uh, Thank you very much indeed. Questions? Further questions?
Thank you so much for this wonderful presentation. You have mentioned that there are some terraces within the sites in the scoop that you have done the survey. Do you know exactly what was the function of those terraces? Was it actually for preventing uh, the erosion, or what exactly could they have been? Thank you. You mean the terraces here on Kirbet Abu Hussein, or? Oh, well, I've sorry, what? Um, Yeah, well, here you have some terrace-like structures, but I think it was just for leveling the uneven surface of the volcano to, um, to create a, a living area which could be also protected from erosion but also defended. And if you mean the terraces in Java, well, these were used for, for agriculture, to, to keep the sediments especially when there was uh, flowing. <coughs> I have one question regarding the Book of Helms. Uh, on Java, I think it's from the 70s or so. Um, it seemed to me, when I first read it, there's quite a lot of poetry in, in there. And uh, I mean, hearing what you say, I mean, uh, it seems even more so. I mean, he speaks of people coming in there from somewhere settled, uh, speculating where they might be from, and he thinks them alien to the uh, pastoralists living there, and uh, like a short-term urban experiment failed due to this inherent conflict of the desert and the sound. And I mean, already, you know, I mean, we discussed this with Eulen. Uh, for my region, I think this is not, I mean, it's not really hard to differentiate between pastoralists and farmers because there's always a traditional, traditional <coughs> mixed economy. So, um, and what I saw from you, probably this story of Java has to be rewritten, right? I mean, Sven Hams was very right with dating the site. And with our C14 dates, and also now the observations of the other areas and other sites, he was very right. And we have to ask ourselves now also the question where the people came from, because we are, with our um, development of such settlements, we are earlier now than the southern Levant, like uh, um, Arad, for instance. And uh, uh, until, well, recently, you think of early urbanization connected with fortified settlements dates into the EB2. Um, but we have it in the beginning of the EB1. So we have to question, like Sven Helms, um, where they came from. I would not say something like Mesopotamia, because we are even earlier than Mesopotamia with these structures. Um, but it's, it's difficult. So I hope maybe in the future we'll be able uh, to give some answers. But, um, well, Sven was probably a better poet to describe possible hypotheses concerning this thing. And, um, well, we will see what where they came, if it's an uh, autochthone uh, um, civilization or if they came from somewhere else, but they were still in the beginning. We have also evidences for links to uh, the Negev and the Sinai, so it's sort of a, a, a culture of the, I would say, a arid crescent, which is attached to the fertile crescent, so these desert and the zone exchange areas, so probably something like that as well, but it's still very unclear and very hypothetical. Right, we have time for one more question. Um, according to your surveys, do you, do you have any evidence uh, regarding transhumans? Um, well, we have evidence for transhumans when we take into consideration first the camps we found, the uh, pastoral, uh, of the, the pastoral nomads 
and into consideration that especially in the eastern part of the area we we have no no water in the summer so uh, they couldn't stay there for the for the entire time except of the villages or of these fortified settlements but it's still unclear if they got enough water there but we have to find out so if we take these two um, things into consideration there's just one explanation which is transhumans so they stayed probably in the winter and early springtime there and then they moved up uh, to the northwest, most probably, in the direction to the Hauran, like they have done all millions of years later, uh, a thousand of years later, and uh, like also the gazelles have used the same migration routes. So it's probably the same. It's not a direct evidence, but it's indirect evidence. <laughs>